Hey friends, it's Mal. Welcome back to my YouTube channel if you're watching and welcome back to the Witch Church podcast if you're listening. It's been a second since I did a little rising sign forecast video slash podcast and I was actually waiting for Venus to station retrograde. So in this moment, Venus is now stationed retrograde. It is July 25th, 2023. Venus stationed just a few days ago. And um, an important part of every Venus retrograde is when Venus uh, conjuncts the sun very closely and the vocab word for the very tight conjunction to the sun is Kazemi. So I wanted to talk about Venus's Kazemi in Leo and how this might be affecting your chart. And keep in mind, uh, the Venus Kazemi points uh, aren't just a one-time thing. Um, they're usually, not usually, they're always cycling in a certain pattern, right? So Venus has been Kazemi in Leo before. And specifically, we can look back to uh, 2015 and 2019. I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, we can look back to August 15th, 2015. Venus was Kazemi in Leo at 22 degrees Leo. And August 12th, 2019, Venus was Kazemi at 19 degrees Leo. And now coming up uh, in just a couple weeks, August 13th, 2023, Venus will conjoin the sun at 20 degrees Leo. Okay, so this is interesting because, I mean, we could take the Venus Kazemi pattern in Leo uh, back even further, but just even since 2015, we can think back to end of the summer 2015, end of the summer 2019, end of this summer 2023. Um, I'm thinking there's something that's sort of uh, presenting itself as a story, a, a sort of developmental arc in our Leo house. And let's talk a little bit about the signification of Venus conjunct the sun in general. Um, now, some of you may know, most of you may know if you're a regular listener, but if you're new to my YouTube channel, um, I'm mainly a Hellenistic astrologer. I actually started studying with a uh, modern astrologer. My first, my very first astrology teacher was a modern psychological astrologer. And then at some point in my journey, I sort of hopped over to the Hellenistic side of things. So I, I tend to look at astrology through a Hellenistic lens. A lot of people think that um, Hellenistic astrology is sort of uh, very heavily predictive and void of any psychological significance, but it's absolutely a false belief. Uh, the Hellenistic, Hellenistic astrologers, I think, were, were deeply psychological in the way that they looked at things, and they really believed that uh, God and the universe was, was working through the planets, and that God was a manifestation 
of themselves within these different planets, right? So they actually had a quite spiritual, religious way of looking at astrology. Um, but it, it, I'm off on a little bit of a tangent, but the reason I started on that was because it was a Hellenistic concept. Um, uh, one of the old, the old guys, I think it was Retorius was the one who um, came up with the concept of a Kazemi, which again is a planet very, very, very tightly conjunct the sun. Like we're talking like within a degree. Some astrologers will even take that to an extreme and say the planet is only Kazemi if it's within 15 minutes of the sun, you know? So we could get like super, super specific and tight with this moment. Um, but what this really, what this moment really signifies on a more uh, symbolic level is sort of a, a rebirth for Venus, if you will. There is a little bit of like a, almost like a purifying, um, a, a purifying force. Imagine if like a planet is going through a car wash <laughs> that's kind of like a, a Kazemi in a weird way only instead of like water and soap it's sunlight it's the rays of the sun <laughs> so it's almost like this this car wash of light that is purifying the planet uh, and uh, we have to keep in mind though that according to the Hellenistic astrologers um, the planet that is approaching this very tight conjunction with the sun Although the Kazemi point, right, the tightest conjunction with the sun is a very powerful, purifying um, kind of moment for the planet. The, the, sort of, uh, the sort of approach to that Kazemi point, we would call it the combustion. Uh, we consider this planet sort of burning up under the sun's rays. So <laughs> we might notice some shadow themes early August in our Leo houses as Venus approaches the Kazemi because until Venus reaches the Kazemi point she is combust so again there's a little bit more of a shadowy manifestation of Venus's uh, message although I will say if we're abiding by um, sort of the Hellenistic rules of astrology uh, right now, Venus in Leo is answering to Sun in Leo, right? Obviously, because they're going to meet in Leo. Uh, but Leo, uh, the Sun in Leo is uh, the Sun in its domicile. It's the Sun in its favorite, most powerful sign. So I'm kind of getting there's some sort of remediation or maybe remediation isn't the quite the correct word, but there's there's some kind of um, uh, medicine for Venus and Leo because they are answering to uh, such a powerful sun, right? Now, if the sun was like in Aquarius or something, you know, because that's the that's the um, the detriment or the fall of the sun. Don't ask me which one it is. I for I it's been it's been a second, guys. It's been a second for, since I've reviewed my Hellenistic terminology, but. Um, yeah, let's say the sun's in Aquarius, the sun is pretty, can be pretty weak in Aquarius, right? The sun can't get everything that it needs to get done in Aquarius. So if we had a, a Venus Kazemi in Aquarius, then I think we're feeling the Venus combustion 
so much it, so much more in a, a different perhaps even more challenging way than a Venus combustion in Leo not saying there's going to be no challenges uh I think we'll still be facing something going on in our in our Leo house which is exactly what we'll be discussing today in today's video but I just thought I'd give that little overview of this sim symbolism behind a Venus combustion and a Venus Kazemi. Now let's talk about specifically Venus Kazemi in Leo because like I said this is like a particular strong Kazemi point because it's happening in the sun's domicile um and I'm thinking about how Venus uh implies something about how we reach for harmony how we harmonize with other people the outside world the material world um how we relate to one another, how we relate to our lover, our mother, our money, our possessions, like that, those things very much relate to Venus. So Venus and Leo, like how does Leo approach harmony? Um, I think there's kind of a weird, <laughs> a weird uh, sort of double-edged sword in there because Leo teaches us uh, you can't have harmony with others unless you are first and foremost harmonized with yourself. Um, and until you are in harmony with what your true desires are, and until you're in harmony with um, your true voice and your spirit and the expression of your own talents, uh, then you actually can't be in harmony with other people. Um, and other people won't be able to see the real you. Um, so there's something here about Venus and Leo. Are we really trying to harmonize with other people? Or is it actually more of a lesson of, of harmonizing with the many facets of our own selves? And even as a as a creative, as a writer, um, you know, as a yeah, a creative business owner, there have been times where I feel like I have to get in harmony with a creation or get in harmony with the production of um you know, a story I'm writing, or if for you if you're an artist, it could be like a painting your painting or uh if you're an actor it could be a a musical that you're performing in or whatnot um so i think leo the leo archetype relating back to our our sacred uniqueness like we're all oh we're all our own pretty little individualized snowflakes <laughs> you know um uh, like, that makes me think, ooh, this Kazemi is going to fundamentally, whatever house it's taking place for you in, uh, whatever Leo, whatever house is Leo for you, uh, fundamentally there's this underlying thing, there's this underlying theme of, are you right with yourself? 
and you can't actually get right with the world or get right with other people unless you're right with yourself. <laughs> and I think it's funny um, because I've mentioned this uh, before on different podcasts, but uh, I recently went through a really big um, phase of watching couples therapy uh, on Showtime. At least that's where you can watch it in the States. Uh, I'm not sure what channel it's on in other countries, but uh, it was so good. And I like how uh, TikTok has recently popularized couples therapy, which is basically a reality show of couples going to therapy together. Um, and it's incredibly, incredibly powerful, especially if you are um, sort of a survivor of attachment trauma and you find yourself bringing your own attachment trauma into your your interpersonal relationships i i found i personally found it to be an extremely powerful watch um but uh, regardless this show was very venus kazimi and leo uh where we would watch these couples kind of be in a place of i'm right i'm right i'm right i'm right and like going back and forth back and forth um but then as the layers of the onion peel back uh we suddenly find two people that are not right with themselves or their own selves and because they're maybe ignoring something about themselves or not telling the truth of themselves to themselves <laughs> um there's this big creation of of conflict or or drama in relationships and i don't think this is something we can escape because this is the this is like the double-edged sword, I guess, of the Venus Leo Kazemi, because Leo's all about who are you? Are you in relation with yourself? But Venus is all about who are you in relation to others? Um, so there's something here about we can't actually find, um, <laughs> we can't actually find our, our truest self without the reflection of others at the same time <laughs> like it, 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 it's interesting because at the end of the couples therapy show i mean i watch all three seasons it feels like every single person found a piece of their truth in the mirror of the other person um and that can kind of be a venus kazimi moment like, how can we find, how can others play a part in our own sacred mirror? And if we were just meditating our whole life in a silent ashram and only talking with ourselves and our own thoughts, would we actually ever truly get to um, the truth of ourselves or, or can... Or will we always, I don't know, or will, will we always be missing something because we're not actually in relationship with others, right? Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my overview. Those are my intuitive messages with uh, Venus, Kazemi, and Leo in general. And I definitely want to take us into the rising sign forecasts. So let's do this, my friends. Uh, Again, because I'm viewing things from a Hellenistic perspective, I'm going to refer to the 
whole sign system, your whole sign system rising sign house. Um, even if you do use Placidus or, or another um, quadrant-based house system, um, that's totally fine. You can do your thing. You can either, you can listen for your whole house interpretation and your quadrant house system interpretation, whatever floats your goat. Uh, but I would recommend listening for the rising sign specifically, because again, the rising sign will tell us which area of your life the Kazemi is happening within, and that will give you some more clarity uh, of, um, of how to maybe frame this Kazemi point. Okay, and again, the last, so also be thinking about to be thinking about August 15th, 2015, and August 12th, 2019. Think about those two time periods and maybe how they could be reflecting something right now at the same time um, because again the upcoming Venus Kazemi will perfect uh, August 13th 2023 20 degrees Leo and that's gonna happen around 7 a.m central time okay okay um how we feeling <laughs> should we dive in I think we should dive in and please send prayers that my roommate's dog continues to uh, stay quiet. Um, knock on wood. <laughs> okay. Send her, send her a prayer. Send her Reiki. Um, all right. Let's start with Leo rising. You're the star of the show, Leo rising, because this Venus retrograde is working its way through your first house of the self, uh, first house of the physical body. Um, so... Venus is sort of purifying themselves at this Kazemi point on August 13th in the first house. So I would think that the Leo Risings are really uh, considering a, a great reclamation of their own path. Uh, I think there might be some big realizations that have been had or are still coming when it has to do with how Leo Risings may have given up their agency, their personal agency to outside forces. And this can look like a lot of things. Like, um, it reminds me that one time, I think it was the New York Times did a study on uh, people who go to medical school. And I'm not necessarily like talking smack about people who go to medical school. So just putting out that disclaimer, but they did a study on, yeah, medical school, students and most of them said that their motivating factor behind uh, becoming a doctor was it was something like their parents wanted them to do right um so there's something there about like uh sort of giving up one's agency to choose one's path in order to choose the path that was put before you or in order to choose the path that is the most appealing to your parents or society. And uh, I could see this Venus Kazemi point for Leo Risings being a little bit of a, a reclamation of the path itself and asking oneself, uh, what do you 
truly want and what would you say yes to if you weren't scared that others were going to judge you um and also what would you say yes to if um let's say like your parents judgment didn't actually matter all that much um it's hard because sometimes in this sometimes we're born into a lifetime where our parents or our caretakers really don't get us and sometimes you have to be careful of how much we digest their opinion of what we're doing because uh, there's a very biased view sometimes that parents can have on us this idea of um I know what's best for you or whatever you know what's best for you so there's something there as well with uh the the leo risings like rec reclaiming that that fundamental belief that you know what's best for you um and you can see your path more clearly than anybody else okay um and yeah maybe there's some leo risings here who have great parents and are um are you know feeling a lot of support from their parents at this moment. So that doesn't have to resonate with everyone per se, but just as an example of how we go through moments where we may have to reclaim our path. Um, I have a um, Leo rising friend who is currently switching, uh, currently experimenting with a job change, a career change and the career that they have right now is very much the path that was laid out for them by pa their parents, by society, by their professor. And uh, the path that they are exploring is very much a wild card uh, moment that their parents do not like. Um, I believe they told me my parents hate <laughs> what I'm thinking about doing instead. Uh, so yeah, it's a good moment for them, right? Um, it's a good moment for them to reclaim their path and do what they truly want to do. Uh, another Leo rising that I work with is moving. Uh, they're moving back to their hometown. Uh, they feel really happy about it. They told me that they have slept better in the past, you know, two months of making the decision to move back to their hometown than they have in like years. So I think that's a sign like the Leo Risings are making really important life-changing decisions right now that may be affecting their career as well because we've got that square from Uranus and Jupiter in Taurus in the 10th house, right? So yeah, there's, there's career changes in the background of this life path reclamation, but it's all good, right? Uh, so yeah, um... I'm excited for you, Leo Risings. Don't be afraid to um, sort of go up against what the path that has been laid out before you in order to find what it is that feels right. Um, that's my guidance for the Leo Risings, okay? Virgo Rising, you are having the Kazemi in the 12th house, as well as the Venus retrograde in the 12th house, right? So what does that mean in English? Sorry, if you see me looking down, it's just I'm, I'm looking at my uh, laptop slash notes, so I can get the full the full vision. I'm a I'm a double Pisces. So 
for me to channel something, sometimes I need to be looking at the um, the chart. Um, yeah, so Virgo Risings, the, the Venus Kazemi happening in the 12th house. Um, uh, it's funny, uh, I know a Virgo Rising through the grapevine who uh, recently decided they really want to do, go on a, a peyote journey, peyote journey. Uh, I don't think I'm saying that right. Uh, but like a plant medicine journey, uh, which feels to me really 12th housey. Uh, Venus Kazemi in the 12th house, uh, the 12th house being the area of the subconscious, the area of the, um, the mind that we tend to hide from, right? It's funny how we can sometimes, for survival reasons, the mind... Uh, represses things and hides things and um uh, but yet those things uh, unconsciously drive us right so there's something here with that person i know through the grapevine wanting to do a plant medicine ceremony and being a virgo rising there's something there like i'm ready to uncover what i've been hiding from or i'm ready to tap into the um uh, i'm ready to tap into uh sort of other subconscious or unconscious parts of who i am now disclaimer again this isn't me telling the virgo risings to like all go to peru and do ayahuasca or something like that i mean take this story with a grain of salt but do you see the metaphor there like if it's not plant medicine maybe some Virgo risings are trying a new type of therapy or maybe some Virgo risings are going on a retreat. Uh, the 12th house rules over sort of retreat spaces and those spaces where we can be alone, kind of like Thoreau's cabin in the woods, uh, you know, or Virginia Woolf's writing shed. Like that's a very 12th house place. Like the places that allow us to be with the soul, be with ourselves, be with our deepest psychological motivations and figure shit out for ourselves. So this could be a very life-changing moment for a lot of the Virgo risings because there's some truth that's coming to the surface for the Virgo risings and that truth is coming from like the, the depth of our psyches. Uh, it almost reminds me of the Sun card in the tarot, uh, which is kind of like a big illumination of something. Uh, so I think the the Virgo risings, there's, yeah, there's an illumination of, of uh, why I've been behaving this way or why I don't feel I'm deserving of love or abundance or, or why I don't completely feel worthy or whatever it is. Um, there's something there that really comes through. And this adds up too because uh, Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus are in the ninth house of God and the belief systems and all of that jazz. Uh, so there's something there about um, the inherent spirituality of this moment. Um, one of my uh, astrology teachers, Adam Ellenboss, um, he, one time he said in class or I don't know if it's a video or he makes so much content I have no idea how he does it um but uh clearly since I make two, one video a, 
a quarter. Uh, but uh, he said something like, when the astrology is kind of choppy waters, uh, he doubles down on his uh, relationship with God, or like he doubles down on his practices or his spiritual practices. And I find that very enlightening or very p empowering. And it's something that I've thought about during this Venus retrograde. I've uh, been praying a lot more. I've been, you know, asking God or the universe or whoever you want to, however you want to frame the force. <laughs> um, I've been writing down prayers a lot. I've been asking the universe to help lift me away from despair and impatience and um, help me find compassion and help me find fun along the way and don't don't let despair uh, uh, make me miss the joy of these moments too so uh, that's something too that Virgo Risings may want to consider like how to double down on the spiritual practice as a support system because yeah 12 big 12th house stuff isn't easy especially a uh, retrograde uh with the 12th house i mean i'm a i'm a cancer rising so that that mars and gemini retrograde at the end of 2022 uh that went through my 12th house and that was like <laughs> Let's not talk about it. I'm like still processing that in a lot of ways. But what I will say is a retrograde through the 12th house doesn't matter the planet. It typically will help us overcome some kind of fear. Um, so that's the good part, Virgo rising. Okay. Libra rising. Uh, interesting, you know, Libra rising, you're ruled by Venus, right? So... And the, the south node just moved into the first house for you, Libra rising. So that's kind of an interesting timing thing for you. But this Venus retrograde slash Venus Kazemi is happening in the 11th house of friends, groups, and networks. So, you know, I'm thinking uh, some of you may be going through a change or have gone through a recent change that is immersing you in a new social circle. Um, it, it's immersing you in a new social situation. So um, I know a Libra rising through the grapevine who's starting grad school this fall. Okay, so that's a new, new social circle, right? Um, I know a Libra rising who's moving literally across the country in the next two months. New social circle. Um, I also know a Libra rising who um, is, is struggling with their friendship stuff right now, I think. Um, and maybe when old friends leave new friends come in but sometimes in that new friend stage you don't exactly know if you can trust these people or not or if these people are in have your best interest at heart so there could be something a little shadowy here going on in the 11th house for libra risings when it comes to friendships it's like who who really is my friend or um uh what friends are worth working through uh the challenges with and what friends were just there 
for a period of time, uh, you know, and uh, I've, there's like this dumb Pinterest quote or something that's like, some people are here for a season and some people are here for a lifetime. <laughs> and I feel uh, that's sort of a weird way that Venus Kazemi in the 11th house for Libra Risings, like who's here for a season, who's here for a lifetime. Um, I think some Libra Risings could be having realizations about how they've outgrown certain people in their social circles. Um, uh, they could be having, again, new people in their social circles popping up. Uh, maybe there's also a new friend or an old friend that's taking a new form. So I could imagine some Libra Risings, maybe there's a friend that's turning into a, a lover or, um, you know, a, uh, a friend who you're now have a, have a platonic partnership with and you're buying a house with them or you're moving in with them or something along those lines. Like there's something powerful going on when it comes to our connections for Libra Risings. But, um, who's to say if that's has to do with bringing people together or or also recognizing that there are certain people who are who are leaving your life in the moment at this moment because they're no longer meant to be in your life or the karmic contract or the the relationship has been finished <laughs> you know like like the karma has been finished between you two so now you both are moving on the reason I say that is because uh, the square from Uranus and Jupiter in Taurus is coming from the eighth house. And the eighth house can be uh, resolutions, uh, forgiveness, endings, uh, karma sort of burning up and and sort of uh, leading us into a new cycle. So yeah, there's there's a there might be a realization like, oh, wow, like, I love that person. I look back at our friendship or our connection with a lot of esteem or regard and at the same time I recognize we're two different people now and we're evolving in different ways and it doesn't mean I won't always love them but it does mean that um, in order to stay in connection with them I would have to um, shift back into an old version of myself and that old version of myself is no longer who I am, right? And we never want to surround ourselves with people who require us to be a false version of who we are, okay? Um, so something just came through about like a story of um, like, let's say someone's getting sober. Let's say a Libra rising is getting sober. And because of that, their friend group is like drastically changing. And they're realizing like, oh, like I had a lot of friendships that were based just off of partying or uh, I had a lot of drinking buddies, but when it came to genuine friendships, um, I'm realizing now that I'm in my sober journey that I need to work on that. And now there are drinking buddies that no longer have a place in my life or whatever. Um, just an example, it doesn't have to apply to every Libra rising, but you're picking up what I'm putting down, okay? Alrighty, uh, Scorpio rising, 10th house. 10th house, uh, career, personal, 
um, authority, relationship to authority, our bosses, our parents, um, the king. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost wonder, like, are some, I think this could be true for both Taurus and Scorpio risings, but I wonder if some, some Scorpio risings, um, you know, it could be something as drastic as like my boss quit or my boss died or my boss um, is taking a leave of absence and now I'm having to step up to the plate in this way that I didn't expect. Or, you know, there's something here about the story of the Kazemi in the 10th house of public reputation. People are seeing you in a different way. And uh, especially for the Scorpio Risings, again, look back at August 2015, August 2019, and now this August. What was happening in August 2015 and 2019 in regards to your career path or your reputation at work? Um, certainly some Scorpio Risings could be changing career paths. That's completely, um, completely uh valid uh, a valid interpretation I would say if I'm <laughs> judging my own interpretation some Scorpio risings are going through a special training at work in order to uh, increase their skill set some Scorpio risings may be being um, being sponsored by their workplace to go get a degree, a master's degree, or go get a special training or something along those lines. Um, now, because of the square with uh, Jupiter and Uranus, there's something coming in the seventh house too, the seventh house being the house of relationships and partnerships. I wonder if your newfound success in the workplace or this new promotion in the workplace or this new realization of like aha like now I'm manager or now I'm uh I'm uh the CEO or now I'm gonna have a master's degree like for some reason it's influencing your relationship life in some way like uh maybe because now you have an increased salary your partner doesn't have to work their job or you know it could be a whole bunch of things uh yeah, so it's like this career change or this change of how people see you, uh, it's it's influencing your innermost relationships too, not necessarily in a bad way, but um, just you, the way you're being perceived in the public is also influencing how you're showing up in the private with your private relationships as well. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, Sag Rising, this is cool. We've got a Kazemi in the ninth house. Um, so it's just like a, for Sag Risings, what a beautiful time. Like, I think the Sag Risings are, <laughs> are feeling this, uh, yeah, feeling this, uh, Kazemi and like, a really good way hopefully I mean I'm thinking about how every single Leo season you know because your ninth house is the house of God and spirituality and belief system 
every single Leo season, you have the sun in its domicile in Leo, but also in its favorite house, which is the ninth house. So like, it's a very powerful place to have the Kazemi, the Venus and Leo Kazemi as well. Like, I wonder if um, someone, some Sag rising is joining some sort of spiritual group or becoming a yoga teacher. Uh, maybe there's a Sag rising who's, um, leaving a church, like leaving the church of Scientology or <laughs> I don't know, like maybe someone's leaving Mormonism or something along those lines. Like there's some kind of reclamation of one's own relationship with God and realizing that, um, I think any, I mean, who am I to say, but I, I really do think any belief system that, um, that, sort of uh, perpetuates inner shame or punishes or uh, scolds us for being human beings, you know, it's just not right. It's like, it's like if you're gonna punish us for um, like the simplest of things, <laughs> like having desires or whatever, you might as well punish us for for drinking water, you know, like there are, there are some things so innate to the human experience, um, that it makes me feel like, um, God, God is the force that celebrates every, uh, cell in our body. And God is the sort of influence that, uh, sees and loves us through all forms, right? So, um, that for me is like that ninth house Kazemi. It's like, wow, like I'm so loved by the universe. I'm, I'm so at oneness. I'm in oneness with the universe. I'm really in love with my spiritual practice right now, or I'm, I'm feeling more connected than ever. Um, so I'm kind of excited for the Sag Risings. Uh, it's possible that some Sag Risings are going on an important trip a sort of journey to Mecca, if you will, a pilgrimage to Canterbury, a sort of uh, religious um, a pilgrimage of sorts. And that could be anything. I mean, you don't necessarily have to get on a plane to go on a pilgrimage. Like for me, going on a pilgrimage is sometimes like going to the Art Institute in Chicago or something, you know, like it can be somewhere in the, in the city that you're in. Um, but I would say yeah, doing some kind of pilgrimage, why that that word keeps coming through, um, you know, and what is a pilgrim? A pilgrim um, is, is someone who's like, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, pilgrims are colonizers, right? So but uh, in literal history, of course, so I'm not, not giving them a cookie or anything, but like the actual symbolism of a pilgrim is someone who's journeying to a faraway land in the name of uh, God, right? Uh, so is there a high frequency of the pilgrim that we can express that doesn't have to do with colonizing others or getting others on our side with of our belief systems, but is there just a way to feel really connected to our own our own sense of spirituality and our own relationship with God, right?
Um, so that for me is the the Sag Risings. And one more thing with the Sag Risings, this juxtaposition between the mundane life and the spiritual life, I think there might be some tension there right now. With Jupiter and Uranus in the sixth house, it feels to me very much like, like, I don't want to work. I don't want to like face the mundane. I just want to like be in the forest and be with the fairies and the mushrooms. And um, how do I, uh, how do I reckon with the the juxtaposition of mundane life and and the divinity of of who I am yeah it's kind of it's kind of a complicated feeling in some ways cap rising let's get to cap rising uh so we've got the Kazemi happening in the eighth house of shared resources um I know a Capricorn rising who you know, I've known them for a long time, and um, I've I really value uh, the that they've let me peer into their journey and um, kind of see this happening with the astrology of it all. But they've um, I'm so happy for them because for the past couple years since I've known them, they've been talking about um, new job or quitting their their job that was really just kind of soul sucking and recently they did it and they got a totally new job and I'm so excited for them and I think part of the reason they were able to do that uh looking at their the Kazemi approaching in their eighth house is this feeling of security in the shared resources that they have like in the past year they have bought a house with their partner and I think their partner is super on board with um them taking a little bit of a pay cut in order to be able to do this job and you know there's there's something there about um the support of others helping us through and Capricorn Risings may not be the best at asking for help or admitting that they need help you know I think Capricorn Risings uh, may have a little bit of that um independence uh sort of that that um chip on their shoulder of like I gotta do it myself or in order to get this right I have to do it myself which is very cancer Capricorn axis like both the cancer placements and the Capricorn pla placements uh they just don't uh <laughs> they don't want to ask for help they don't want to receive help but there's something here about like divine re receptivity and the eighth house, the reason we sometimes correlate it with like sex is because I think what we're really getting at is like vulnerability and intimacy. And in order to receive, there's a level of vulnerability and intimacy that we have to have. Um, so, and there's a level of trust we have to have. So perhaps um, for the Capricorn Risings, there has been a, a new level of trust unlocked with the universe and that's allowed them to receive the help that they need or put their ego aside so they are able to make the change that they need to make but it's because they're they're accepting the support from those around them which is very eighth house you know the shared resources of other people right okay 
Aquarius rising. We have the, let me make sure I don't have any. Yeah, uh, Aquarius rising. We have the Kazemi, uh, Venus retrograde and the Venus Kazemi in the seventh house of relationships. Okay, so um, very low hanging fruit here, uh, you know, new relationship forming old relationship ending, um, you know, I think for the Aquarius Risings, um, especially with the square coming from the fourth house of the home from Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus, I mean, this could be uh, very much a move in together transit as much as it is a move out transit, right? <laughs> like, like, it's sort of like I was living with you, but it just took me one year of being your roommate and to know that we are not meant to live together and we are not meant to be together and we are not meant to be in this relationship, right? Like that could be a realization that some of the Aquarius Risings are having with that Kazemi in the seventh house. Um, on the other hand, though, uh, there's something here about uh, relationship to partnership in general not just the relationship to the physical partner, but like partnership, like how do you view partnership? Is it something that you're open to? Is it something that feels, um, feels super scary? Is it something that you have your guard up around? Um, and uh, it almost reminds me of like that one song by Demi Lovato, uh, it's called Heart Attack. And, uh, I just, I love some of the lyrics in her songs. They like really hit sometimes. And yeah, like one of the lyrics in that song is, if I fell in love, I'd have a heart attack, right? So there's something there about, um, for those of you who feel like maybe it's been a while since you've fallen in love, or maybe it's, maybe you had a really devastating breakup, let's say during the the peak of the pandemic. And you know, this, this Kazemi in the, in the seventh house could really be a rebirth moment for you where you're suddenly now open to dating again, or you're open to partnership again, or you're now believing that that is something that you could have if you want it, okay? Um, for some Aquarius Risings, maybe the people that you're dating are changing. Like, uh, maybe there's something about like, your whole life you've been monogamous and now you're starting to date uh, in the polyamorous realm, or maybe your whole life you've stuck to like heteronormative standards, but now you're claiming your queerness and now you're dating in the queer scene. Like there could be something like that going on. So truly there's this, this rebirth in the place of partnership. And uh, one more thing, Aquarius Risings, if you have had if you do feel like you've had a long-term stable partnership, this doesn't necessarily have to be a bad omen, of course. Um, uh, it, it could be that your your partner's life is changing in some way. Maybe your partner's getting a new job or maybe you and your partner are having a baby or something. Like there's something big that's changing the partnership. Maybe you have to move because your partner got a job across the country or something like that. and you know, that's a story I could for sure see with this Venus Kazemi. Okay, Pisces rising. Uh, 
All right, we've got the Venus retrograde slash Venus Kazemi going through the sixth house. And I was thinking about this and sure, the sixth house can be like illness and struggles with our health and our doctors and healers. And um, it's not to say that we're going to fall ill, you know, during this Venus Kazemi. It's probably not that for most Pisces risings. Um, but I'm actually thinking about um, our relationship to authority as a sixth house thing. And I guess technically it could be a second house, 10th house, and sixth house thing, since those are kind of our work and money houses. But I think specifically the sixth house is our relationship to our authority. And maybe there's something about this Kazemi going through the sixth house where you're being noticed by your boss or you're doing really good work at work and uh, you're finally getting the credit that you deserve or you're feeling pretty appreciated at your at your job. Um, and on the flip side, maybe there's something too going on where you're like, wow, this really doesn't do anything for me, this, this day job. And I don't feel appreciated, you know, or I don't feel recognized, which is a huge Leo theme, the theme of needing to be recognized for one's talents. Um, so yeah, there's, there's something there about, um, there's something there about, um, you know, our relationship to work, our relationship to the workplace, our relationship to the coworkers, and specifically our relationship to our boss and, and who makes us feel like they're a worthy mentor who wants to see us grow and who's a little bit more of like a, <laughs> a sabotaging authority figure that, that is sort of a, a manifestation of a issue we have with like our mom or our dad or something, because that can very much happen, right? Um, one time I had a client who told me like all of her bosses were like um, really, uh, you know, really intense women who had a lot of like anger issues and really had a lot of like uh, outpourings of emotion and you know I asked her about her relationship with her mom growing up and she was like oh yeah like I was my mom's therapist and I was like all right there we go <laughs> there we go we can not only do we manifest our parents in our relationships but a lot of the times we also do it with our bosses right uh there was one more thing coming through uh maybe just busier it could be good busy for the Pisces risings, but maybe there's a new job or a new gig or a bit of a change of career path that's leaving you feeling like you're busy, but hopefully the highest manifestation of this transit would be like, oh, this, this place in the workplace, this role in the workplace is really helping me um, uh, express my talents, my gifts, uh, or at least supports me as I, you know, do my talents and my gifts stuff elsewhere, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, yeah, okay, friends. So that's Pisces rising. Aries rising. Uh, we've got the Kazemi going through the fifth house. Uh, so for some Aries risings, this is 
maybe a story about uh, sexuality, gender identity, which I sometimes correlate with the fifth house. Um, it's a story about maybe experimenting with um, queerness or just sexual preferences that could be a very uh, a, a big theme with the Venus retrograde and the Venus Kazemi in the fifth house. Um, yeah, there could be like a, a feeling of um, heightened like sex drive or like a heightened passion uh, for your partner or partners or uh, a heightened uh, a heightened sense of like I want to explore or go on adventures, <laughs> you know, whether those be sexual in nature or not. Uh, now the fifth house isn't just about sex it can be about our hobbies and our and and what makes us unique and the things that we love you know it's the it's the leo house uh in a lot of ways and it's venus's it's venus's favorite house so i mean if you're looking to increase your luck in fifth house things having a baby <laughs> getting laid <laughs> um drawing a, a masterpiece, getting your poem published, getting the solo act at the dance recital. Like, those are all fifth house stuff. Like, I would say that the odds are on your side, my friends. Gambling, um, maybe Aries Risings. I mean, like, I could see, I'm not trying to encourage gambling, but like whoever's winning the lottery next has this Venus Kazemi in their fifth house, okay? Like, <laughs> um, that's something that uh, comes through. Uh, because Venus can have its significations correlated with money in the material world, I'm thinking maybe there are some Aries Risings out there who now are thinking like, how do I make my passion into a business? Uh, I recently had an Aries rising who's a um, a sort of uh, aspiring professional astrologer reach out to me and ask me like, hey, what are your tips for getting started as a professional astrologer? Uh, so I'm thinking with that Venus Kazemi in the fifth house and that square to Jupiter and Uranus in the second house of money and resources, it's a little bit like, ooh, how do I make money for my passions? I could see an artist uh, f selling their paintings in a local shop, or I could see um, someone starting a business from their from the spark of their own passion. Um, but it it has to be something Leonian in nature, and something Leonian in nature is like, ooh, look at me, look, look what I'm good at. Uh, and aren't I so good at this thing? And it's not in a cocky way necessarily, but it's like, oh no, only I can give you this service or only I can give you this product. Uh, so the more unique you make it, the more of an expression of you, you make it the better. Okay. I just did the Italian, the Italian hand, uh, in there. So, all right. <laughs> Taurus rising. Venus Kazemi in the fourth house. Um, yeah, you know, the we sometimes um, think of the, the eighth house as the house of death and dying, but I, I do think sometimes fourth house 
stuff can signify um, loss or um, a change or an ending just because the fourth house is sort of the darker place. It's where like, it, it's where midnight happens. You know, it's the middle of the night, if you will. Um, so, you know, there could be some grief in some ways that the, the Taurus risings are moving through right now, whether that has to do with like a physical loss or whether it has to do with um, saying goodbye to a past version of oneself just because, you know, Jupiter's in Taurus in your first house and it's squaring this Venus retrograde in the fourth house. So there's something here about like, who am I? And it's a little bit like the Leo risings, only it's it's a little bit more shadowier. Like it gives me a feeling of more of a struggle of like, who am I? Where do I want to go? Where do I want to live? Um, if a, if there's Taurus Risings listening who do want to explore new places of living, I would highly recommend doing that right now. I mean, I think the stars are on your side for maybe moving to a new city or moving to a new neighborhood. Or if you, you know, Taurus Risings, they tend to like be a little bit attached to the same old, same old because the same old, same old makes them feel safe. But, you know... Tauruses do change when they're ready. So if you are feeling ready for a change, Taurus, I mean, this is a good time. Like, even if you've been living in the same apartment for like 10 years, like, I get you're comfortable, but what would happen if a new apartment invited in some fresh energy into your life? Uh, like, that for me is something that comes through. Like, the new place of living or even sprucing up what you already have, painting a wall or getting a new bedspread or using color therapy inside of the home might be something that feels really good. Um, I believe like the feng shui experts say we should like rearrange it's either 17 or 27 things in our home every single year, <laughs> which I think is funny, like thinking about like moving 27 little things around the house like moving your coffee maker to the other side of the counter or like moving that candle to the other end table like switching the pictures around um but low-key like there's something to it right if you're trying to call and change rearrange your house because you're shaking up the energy of your life in a significant way okay um, yeah, some Taurus Risings are selling their house right now. Some Taurus Risings are buying their house right now. Um, there might be a, a real real estate theme within the Taurus Risings. Uh, so, uh, but I, I think it's all going to be good. Yeah, it's all good. And think back again to 2015, 2018, when it comes to the home and home life themes and and think back to how those themes may be evolving or relating to each other right now. Okay, Gemini rising. We've got the Venus Kazemi happening in the third house of the mind, uh, squaring Taurus in, sorry, squaring Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus from the 12th house. So again, we were talking about plant medicine stuff with the with the uh, Virgo risings. And I do feel like third house, 12th house square 
also gives plant medicine, um, not necessarily a literal uh, piece of guidance to do plant medicine, but just this idea symbolically of the thing that helps us move towards a realization or a therapeutic epiphany or the thing that helps us unravel something from the mind, the thing that helps us realize a pattern. Uh, for the Gemini Risings with that Kazemi in the third house, it's, it's the thought pattern because that's what the third house is. It's like what we see on a daily basis and yet we we see our neighborhood on a daily basis we see our home on a daily basis but we also fundamentally live in here inside of the mind right so we're we're always living in in that arena too and there's something here about the mind being rearranged <laughs> um like the taurus risings are rearranging their literal house and then the gemini risings are rearranging like what is inside of their mind in a lot of ways right um and and no i'm not i'm not telling you to get a lumbotomy but uh there's there's something here about like new thought patterns new ways of seeing things um yeah, like the other thing too with the third house, it can relate to siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins. Uh, and I know that might be a little, a, a little uh, vague, but it is possible for some Gemini Risings. Like who knows, maybe you're going into business with your brother or you're going on a trip with your cousin or your cousin's getting married in a foreign country and you got to go to their wedding or there, there's something big when it comes to m the moving of uh the sort of external family it's it's possible the other thing with the third house is our neighborhood and our local community and we could find for the gemini risings you could find that your local community is expanding in some way and uh, there's something here about the relationship that you have with your neighbors, the relationship that you have with your community. Maybe some Gemini Risings have really missed in-person events in the last couple years, and now they're rejoining neighborhood clubs or groups or meetups or whatever. Um, so find a meetup, Gemini Rising. Uh, find that piece of local community that brings you joy uh, have a have a backyard barbecue with your neighbors if you want or like go to the block party uh, cultivate that sense of community because i think that's really going to be highlighted in this kazimi but at the same time there's something internal going on when it comes to um literally like changing the neuro neuro pathways <laughs> like if you tend to in in the past if you've considered yourself a very anxious person or someone who really ruminates on a lot of things like this moment is a bit of a a change from that where you may be finding medicine both literally and figuratively for some of these thought patterns and and helping yourself move towards a different way of thinking um yeah okay we're finishing up with cancer risings okay 
best for last if you didn't know i'm a cancer rising um so what's funny is uh Margot Robbie is a Cancer Rising, and uh, she just starred as uh, Barbie in the in the Barbie movie, right? That just came out, and I think that's so funny because, like, as we know, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've read reviews and I plan to go see it. But as we know, the Barbie movie is this like huge commentary on like feminism and um, and a, a commentary on like the way we view women and socially and women's bodies and all of that stuff and you know Margot Robbie as a Cancer Rising has the Venus Kazemi going through the second house of money so she's making bank off this movie right I mean that's the literal manifestation but then uh, underlying it uh, the second house is also about worthiness and it's about self-perception and how we um, exude our talents and it's kind of funny because I feel like Barbie is sort of a second house kind of movie like it's a it's a commentary on on worthiness and societal uh, societal pressures and conditionings as to what um, normal looks like right uh so there's something kind of second house ish about that for margot robbie um for me as a cancer rising this for sure has to do with my business you know which is a second house thing my business being i'm a professional astrologer and tarot reader and actually it's funny because in august 2019 i gave my very first professional astrology reading um beginning of 2019 i started out as a professional tarot reader and then as i studied more and more i then opened my books up to astrology readings around that kazimi in 2019 in my second house you know so it's signifying like the new way of making money but also the new way of identifying oneself to the world and now fast forward to 2023 uh i would say it's it's really nice to think like oh uh, you know i'm still making money off of giving astrology readings like that's great uh also though this fall i'm experimenting with like a new facet of my business which will be sort of like a writing creativity class uh in partnership with my friend and writing coach that hopefully y'all will hear about soon uh but that for me is a very second house Kazemi moment like the attempt to not necessarily rebrand because fundamentally I mean I I I have the desire to be a professional astrologer and I love doing astrology readings but there is a little bit of a rebrand on my end with the business side maybe veering a little bit more towards creativity and writing and that's actually a big part of me that um that i don't typically talk about that much like the fact that i'm a writer like i so much more often say i'm an astrologer than i'm a writer um, so there's a new way of identifying in that second house kind of way uh coming through so that being said um, you know, between the examples of me and 
my identical twin Margot Robbie, there's there's something for the Cancer Risings going on with uh, worthiness, literal financial stuff when it comes to our businesses, our uh, the way we're organizing our money, the way we're making money, but also how we're viewing ourselves in the outside world and or how the outside world is viewing us and how we are putting ourselves out there right so for cancer rising it's a great time to like update your headshot update your website try something new when it comes to your brand if you do have your own business um if you aren't necessarily an entrepreneur uh, how can you explore doing something different in the realm of uh, or doing something different in the realm of like self-confidence or or self-esteem like what would feel good to help you move through any insecurities or challenges that you have with yourself like would would taking a dance class or um, you know a burlesque class or something like that help uh help you strengthen your own self-perception uh you know i'm thinking about all these fun things that we could do with the second house that don't necessarily have to do with making money but very much maybe have to do with like our material relationship to the world and and even our relationship to the material body we could even say is a second house thing okay um Y'all, I'm looking forward to the Venus Kazemi again. It's uh, August 13th, 2023, 7 a.m. Central or around that time. I hope these rising sign forecasts treated you well and gave you some ideas for how to frame this really important part of the astrology of 2023. Please comment down below if you resonated with any of these messages. If you're listening on the podcast and don't yet follow me on YouTube, please give me a subscribe on YouTube. And if you are new to my channel and you don't know how to book a session with me, uh, know that everything is in the show notes, my website, all of my social medias, and all of that stuff you can find me. Um, So thanks so much for listening and watching, my friends. I so appreciate it. And uh, have a wonderful Venus retrograde.